Welcome everybody to a brand new edition of M-Class Email. I'm Jeff. I'm Josh. And if you've ever wanted to uh, fucking hear us read an email... Oh, God. They're clamoring for that shit. (laughs) This is the show for you. I find this show hard to advertise. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it, it, it doesn't even make sense that it exists. No, it really doesn't. This should be a segment at the end of the regular podcast, but I like well, the regular podcast. I like the regular podcast being like an hour and something and not three hours. Yeah, no, but it was, right? Because yeah, then we got too many emails. Yeah, and- we would get like two or three emails to begin with, but now we get like nine to 20. Yeah, anywhere. Sometimes it's like 14. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Too, that's way too much for the end of an episode, and we yeah. wouldn't be able to read them all. At the end of an yeah. episode, and people were very angry about that. So we made a whole show about it. There you go. And uh, <laughs> this time around, Josh is going to start us off. Oh, man. The first email is called Just One Last Job. I think uh, you need always... to look second at that. Wait, what? <laughs> Just One Last Eob. <laughs> it does say Eob. <laughs> Uh, hello, fellow perverts. Oh, who is this from? It's from Earwig. This is from Earwig. Also, hello. (laughs) And we made an Earwig and the Angry Inchworm joke before. The the PG version. (laughs) Yeah. Of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. It's the kids bop version. (laughs) Uh, hello, fellow perverts. Hello. Just saying, just saying this one is from Earwig. I fell off the M-Class map for a long while, but started listening again recently. Welcome, Welcome back. back na, na. Oh, your when dreams you... were your ticket out. <laughs> so bassy. <laughs> it was like that scene in every heist movie where they talk uh, the safecracker into doing just one last eop. <laughs> <laughs> and then inevitably they get C4 to shit just one day away from crime retirement. <laughs> Crim retirement. Crim retirement. Crime retirement. I'm just being a huge dickhead. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, this was sent at 2 p.m. our time. Don't I know this person sh- is British. Shut no, up. I'm just saying I know they're British, so it might have been late for them. That's they might have been typos. That's true. Uh, I think originally, I think I originally dropped off around the time Discovery came out. Good time to get out of here, right? <laughs> I watched it with my partner and we genuinely enjoyed it at the time. At this point, it's worth confessing that my old interaction with Star Trek before that was random gifts of the original series and the holy canon of M-Class. Wow. You're that's very flattering and I will accept that. The holy canon of M-Class. Listening again recently, I feel like I've had a big change in how thoughtful I am regarding the media I consume. Nowadays, I really appreciate when a show writes a character having an actual human reaction. That's pretty cool. Holding down frustration, sadness, or anger, and not just lashing out. Not being inhumanely logical, but just having some form of filter. It's it's interesting to see someone struggle with handling that. Yeah, because we have to do that every day, right? Yeah, well, that's like a realistic way to approach things, but it's not like the most 
bombastically dramatic, but it is realistic and it's intriguing in its own way, but modern yeah. television doesn't do a whole lot of that. I think Earwig might be onto something, though. Like, maybe that's why people like that bombasticness, because they don't get to be that way in real life, you know what I mean? Maybe. But, maybe like... it's true. Man, it would suck so much dick to, like, walk outside and deal with that, because, like, people are like that, and they're called dickheads. Yeah, they're called <laughs> me reading this email. <laughs> I was reflecting on Discovery thinking about this and how at times it was frustrating to consider how everyone was supposed to be highly educated professionals in an especially regimented environment, yet everyone was always reacting with so much drama. Exactly. You you have unlocked the puzzle. Uh, you have achieved puzzle unlocking. <laughs> Although, like, it's so... You're right. There's, like, such a level of frustration watching yeah. this, like... These people went through Starfleet Academy. Yeah, they're they're like the top of their game, right? Like they're they're like military precisionally precise and calm. Like I I don't understand what the drama is, but uh, sure, whatever. It always <laughs> reminds me of people who like shit on Riker for getting angry sometimes. Yeah. But like Riker is so like pushing the anger down and trying to control it and then in the new show people just scream at each other at the top of their lungs yeah he's more like uh like teacher angry right where he's yeah. just like ah, ah. but that's it he isn't like he's not like dad angry where you like you're damn well, never, right i'm angry. never never mind <laughs> yeah okay. i'll go ahead and cut that off I do, I do love it though when he's like you're damn right i'm angry <laughs> yeah you're damn right i'm angry yeah Dude, uh, holding it, wait, holding to it takes all sorts to make a world, I wouldn't say it made me retroactively take back whatever enjoyment I had at the time, but it did make me consider what you boys, capital B, say you enjoy about the rest of Trek. Do you have a favorite moment where the show has really pleasantly surprised you with its direction? I think it's a special feeling when you have a disappointing expectation of when something where something is going, and that expectation is totally subverted. Keep on trekking, Trek boys! Trek boys! boys. P.S. As a British per person, I would like to personally thank Josh for his acknowledgement of our chocolate. Absolute madman and all around good egg. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff has a pretty sweet wizard voice, too. There you go, Jeff. I think that was when... I was definitely doing the Reese's The Wise voice. Yeah, it was totally you, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. totally real giant Reese's voice is what I was doing. <laughs> well, if you do the voice, I can't be fired, so. It's true. <laughs> anyway. Uh, what's, a, what's a point where you've been surprised by the expectation of something? Well, I was quite surprised that I started liking the characters in Lower Decks as yes, I watched I was, more of it. I was going to say that too. Lower the, Decks. The first is good. episode of Lower Decks, I hated the two it's main bad. characters so it's bad. much. It's a, yeah, they're unlikable. Like they're Boimler was like completely unlikable. It was stick yeah. up his ass, boring, and um, the, uh, what's her name? The other main Fuck. character. Fuck. What's her she name? She has a very Fuck. normal name. Yeah, so. it's like Haley or it's like something like. Ah shit! Oh god! Look, um, I'm not, we're not typing. I'm it not in. wikiing this right now. Yeah, we're not typing it in Google. Why do we not know her name? Holy fuck! 
I, I feel bad that I don't. I feel like Did a huge piece of shit. Did we get it yet? <laughs> no, not yet, what actually. Do you, what do you mean? What do you mean, not yet? <laughs> I'm, I'm really Lower trying here. Dex, main character. Mariner. Mariner. Yeah, I, it was like a normal name. It wasn't like Boimler. It was like a normal name, Mariner. Yeah, but Boimler's a stupid name, so you're going to remember it. Yeah, exactly. That's why I remembered it. Like, yeah. And I didn't remember Mariner. I, and I, Tendy reminds me of Tindy, which I didn't name them. I didn't name Tindy that. I had no. That has nothing to Tindy do with Lower Decks. Tindy came first, right? I believe it did, yes. But, um, yeah... I hated Mariner's guts so much in that first episode. I was like, this character is insufferable. They're both dog shit. In and then in the, se- in the second episode, I was like, oh, I actually like her. And like in the yeah. third one, I was like, oh, she's cool, actually. Yeah. And it just gets better and better. Yeah. Uh, that was definitely the one that really, like, I was shocked. Turned out to be good. Did we... Um, is this like a open-ended any media? Because I was... Yeah. Uh, I was shocked at the Batman. I wasn't shocked, but because I heard it was good, but I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I hearing how much everybody else liked it, yeah. I pretty much knew when I went in that I would probably give it like a eight or nine. Yeah, I'd give it like an eight point five still after watching That's still it. Like it's really good. good. Yeah, it's one it's, of the better. It's one of the best Batman movies for sure. I thought I would hate the Batmobile. I love the Batmobile. I, I love the Batmobile so much because I hate the Tankmobile. I've never liked the, that. The Tankmobile sucks dick, right? I love the fucking Hot Rod Mobile. <laughs> Dude, the muscle car Batmobile is fucking Mad Max Batmobile. Fucking I love man. it. I love that Batmobile. It's scary as shit, too. And you're like, holy fuck, uh, that's When it starts awesome. revving up in the alley and then it Dude. like it does like, the cat le- leap yeah. forward and stalls. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. <laughs> and he's like, is that it? That's the penguin. We're like spoiling Batman. Yeah, it's Sorry. fine. It's there's there's like three hours of more cool Batman shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's that was really good. I but. really did enjoy, and like I expected to absolutely hate what they did with the Riddler, because again, like the Riddler's my favorite Batman villain and this isn't him. Yeah, he's but I pretty much Zodiac. just divorced my brain of him being the same character, and I liked him a lot actually. I like I like the Riddler, and I I like this Riddler too. Yeah, I think that I, this I was one just is like fun. that is a different universe. He's a different character. Yeah, I was wary about him myself, like seeing him, like seeing his figures and shit. I was like, what is this? Like, what the fuck? He does Riddler look really stupid. Like the costume yeah. is dumb, but it was yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I was like, why is the Riddler wearing like a green trash bag? <laughs> like, the fuck? He's wearing a green gimp mask with l- his glasses over top of it. There's a part where like, uh, uh, this is more spoilers, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a part where it explains where he got it, and you can see it like where he got it. It's really kind of neat, but I won't say what part. I don't it is, remember cause... that part. Um. There's a part where Batman punches people. It's pretty good. Yeah, he punches the fuck out of everyone, like, uh, Arkham Asylum style. Like, brutally beating the fuck out of people. (laughs) Also, like, we need to get this bulletproof Batman armor in the real world, where you can get shot with a shotgun and be fine. (laughs) 
Well, that's the one that fucks him up the most. But, dude, he's getting shot with, like, an Uzi, and he's just yeah. like, whatever, fuck it. I don't care, dude. <laughs> like, He's got kind of like a death wish in the movie. It's like it's really good. It's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. He's the crow. It's the crow it Batman. Is, it is the crow, and I love the crow. Yeah, Crow, Batman, the animated series. That's the movie. Well, I don't I don't love The Crow as much as... No one on Earth loves The Crow as much as the wrestler Sting. <laughs> Who changed his entire gimmick and makeup after The Crow went out, and still 30 years later, he's still doing it. He's still I, The Crow. I didn't think you were going to go there. I was going to say, no one loves The Crow as much as the 13-year-old girls I went to middle school with when The Crow came out. <laughs> Uh, no, Dang. it's Sting. Sting. No one loves the crow as much as the wrestler Sting. Sting was like all about like neon colors. Like yeah. he was like a, he, and then like the crow came out and he was like, never mind, <laughs> never mind. It turns out being a black and white clown villain <laughs> is way cooler. I'm in Kiss now. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm sure there are other things that pleasantly surprised me that I didn't think I was going to really dig as much. I'm not pleasantly surprised much, so... Um, it's true. If I think I'm not going to like something, like I really try and keep an open mind so that I can if it turns out that it turns it around for me. Because I mean, usually, like, yeah. I didn't think I was going to be that big into the Batman, and it was good. I, I mm. liked it a lot. I didn't think I was going to like Lower Decks, because, I mean, it's a combination of two things that I don't like at all, which right. is, I I hate Star Rick and Trek. Morty, and I <laughs> don't like modern Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that really surprised me. Yep. Um, it, it was shocking to me, too, how good it was. i tell you what was shocking to me, how much I enjoyed it, was uh, Kevin Smith's He-Man reboot yeah like yeah I, something about kevin smith really put me off of it i was like i don't know about this and Maybe i used kevin... to be like a kevin smith fanboy when i was in high school yeah well kevin smith in the 90s is different right like it yeah kevin smith in the 90s can't be kevin smith now like you can't be that kevin smith now and like i still think he's, he kind of is like, wild and famous at this yeah. point, like, he's too up his own ass with his well, self-referential se- shit. Exactly, he's too self-referential, and it's like, dude, like, just write a story that's funny, for Christ's and sake. Right? Like, he's been having a lot of trouble with that. Yeah, it's lately. not coming, Last not coming too years. easy. Yeah. 15. <laughs> 20. Um, 30. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> so, like, when I heard, like, Kevin Smith and He-Man, I was like, I don't know, man. And yeah, it's really good, though. They showed, like what He-Man was going to look like, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Hopefully they do something, like, new and fun with it. Yeah. And it's not just, like, the 80s cartoon, but grim and gritty. No, it's and cool, they right? really, they do that switcheroo that, like, Dude Bros fucking hated, where it's actually about Tila. Uh, it's Tila, yeah. And I loved it. I thought that was great. Hold on, there's a French police car driving by. What the fuck? <laughs> Go get him, French police! Go get him, Pierre! <laughs> Like, uh, but I will say that, like, as much as I did, like, the Masters of the Universe reboot, like, I still think She-Ra is a better show. She-Ra's way better, yeah. She-Ra is really great. It is like, really, it's, She-Ra does the thing that, like, really attracts me to a show, like, immediately, and, like, really catches me in, mm-hmm. where the characters are extremely fun and likable. 
Yeah, characters are really what drives my interest in anything. Like you hate Catra, right? But then like you love Catra. Yeah, you <laughs> like, st- you that's like, really that's cool. she's such a little fucker. And then yeah. like as it goes along, you start to understand why yeah. she's the way she is. It's yeah, Shira is like the perfect amount of like really fun and like really adventurous and also like really comforting to watch because yeah. like. It's just got that like warmth to it, and you're like, ah, oh, this is like a blanket. I love it. It is a great show. Yeah. <laughs> um, having not seen the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, still, I still plan on the it. new one or the, the old first one. one. Oh, okay. Having yeah. not seen it, I gotta say I was pleasantly surprised with the way it went. Because yeah. like you hear video game movie, and you're like, oh, and then you yeah. hear Sonic the Hedgehog movie, and you're like. Double up. You're like, oh my god. There's no way that's not gonna be patented fucking garbage. <laughs> it turns out to be like one of the most po- the most popular video game movie ever. Yeah. It was which, pretty good. Which isn't a big hill to crest. Let's put it that way. What's but it was also top? an extremely popular movie all on its own. What was at the top? Mortal Kombat, the the old one? Probably I love that movie. That movie rules. Probably Mortal Kombat. Dude, that movie is so good. I love that movie. It's so campy and dumb, and I it's love it. It's the dumbest movie, but I, it's so good. Um, Also pleasantly surprised at how big my wiener is. Let's move on. I wasn't surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our next email is from Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. Spooky scary. <laughs> yep, yep. It's entitled Post-Apocalypse Star Trek. All right, this will be rational and thought out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Asta Vacato, La Windows Vista, baby. That's the catchphrase. It's me, Werewolf Bumitzvah. Spooky, scary. So isn't it weird that Star Trek is kind of a post-apocalypse story? Yes. It's like if the creators of Fallout let the universe play out in a way where humankind actually evolved instead of the world just staying the exact same the way it was after the bombs fell for 200 years. But also, I fucking love Fallout, so whatever. Yeah, it doesn't. It can be its own thing. I like. I like that Star Trek is is a post-apocalyptic story because like we got our fucking act together. Yeah, it took an apocalypse to get our act yeah, together. Yeah, that's all. World just War a little III. bit of an apocalypse. Yeah, whatever. Just a little <laughs> small one. Because, like, <laughs> I mean, there's no argument against the fact that Star Trek is a post-apocalypse story. You see yeah. the apocalyptic aftermath of humanity during, like, the flashback trial in yeah. TNG episode one and two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They talk about it in the next line, but I always think about it that way too. Like the the Mad Max, like the mutants and shit. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like uh, it was the back to back wars, the uh, World War Three, and then the eugenics wars. Yeah, and like and like all the radiation and shit, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I also love Fallout. If uh, yeah, me too. If it was two days ago, I would be wearing a Vault Tech shirt. Right, so I'm a big. Well, how'd you get out of your vault? I walked out (laughs) with everybody else in Fallout. (laughs) Everybody else. What other post-apocalypse series would you want to see played out to its logical next step? For me, I'd really like to see more Mad Max stuff, but specifically, I want to see the evolution of the different towns, like Bullet Town, Gas Town, etc., as re-emerging societies in the wasteland. I think that's part of the fun of Mad Max, right? Is like 
Mad Max always had like a good like uh, sense of humor about itself, where they're like, like you said, like they named it like Bullet Town. Yeah, right? like that's that's goofy as fuck. But like in Bullet Town, they do things like sort of differently because it's like a feudalist society, right? Yeah, like, you see, like the best thing about the Mad Max movies is that you get to see the deterioration and rebuilding of yeah. the world in real time. Yeah, because yeah. like in the first Mad Max movie, they still have like police officers yeah and they still have like laws they're trying to hold on to from right. before it, like shit went wrong yeah and by uh fucking fury road there's a it's, there's a new religion yeah. around a messianistic figure <laughs> and in it's the middle only of just, the desert yeah and it's only just for like the people who live there right yeah. like it, it's it's completely fragmented and fucked up and like that's why like Thunderdome is so fun because it's like oh he comes across this fucking like like arena world yeah. like, city right and it's just wild it's like Tina Turner's Roman ass yeah. society built yeah. around the <laughs> gladiators and there's a kid with a boomerang I don't know the guy with a helicopter <laughs> <laughs> the um my favorite line in Fury Road is when Immortan Joe is like, uh, friends, do not let your addiction to water control yeah, you. It's it's so fucked up, right? <laughs> it is so fucked. Like, yeah, your addiction to water. Yep. What other <laughs> post-apocalypse series, huh? There aren't very many good ones, to no, be honest there, with you. There are a lot of bad ones. Uh, um, I was Adventure Time f- is fun. That's a fun one. That's true. It is post-apocalypse. Because it's goofy and nothing there, matters. <laughs> I was always a fan, at least to begin with, of the Age of Apocalypse in X-Men yeah. comics. X-Men, yeah. They yeah. really drove that shit into the ground and made like 90 oh, yeah. different versions of it. They but, never they never focused on it. They always alluded to it, and it, and it got stupid over time. Yeah. Like... Um, there were definitely comics that were set during it, like Cable and Bishop comics. Where they yeah, were like, yeah. But, yeah. like, I still love Bishop. Bishop uh, gets, like, second-seated to Cable. Cable sucks. Like, I've never Josh, been a Cable guy. You don't like the Josh Brolin Cable? And I didn't, still thing? haven't seen that. That's, it's all right. It's all right. I I love Bishop. I always ever since Wait, the nineties anime ser- animated series. You haven't seen that movie? It's got fucking what's her name in it? We love her. Zazie Beats. She's great in that. I'm I'm watching the new season of Atlanta instead. She doesn't fight guys in Atlanta, does she? No. <laughs> she just fights with fucking Donald Glover's character, Ern. Are they dating? I don't watch Atlanta. I haven't there she's his baby mama. Okay, he okay. wants to get back together, but he's like a layer. He's like a jobless piece of shit. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because he wanted to do something creative with his life, and he lives in a shitty situation. What an so he idiot! What an idiot! Yeah. What, who what would kind do of such idiot a dumb does thing? That's dumb. <laughs> creative pursuits. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you like slaving away in a fucking endless hellscape, buddy? Um. Anyway, <laughs> I can't think of any other apocalyptic series. Nah. I mean, I guess like Battlestar Galactica, but they already did that. That's sort of cheating, but also like, oh, is he saying like which ones would we want to see more of? Which ones you would want to see play out to their natural conclusion, like to go beyond uh, being just post-apocalypse into like a post-post-apocalypse where they move beyond. 
the apocalyptic setting. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> oh, maybe like Blade Runner would be kind of cool. Do you think Blade Runner is post-apocalypse? Uh, I think it's like y- yes, I do. I do. I think I think it's more like the first Mad Max, where it's like they're headed toward a even worse apocalypse. Hmm, I don't think Big, so. You don't think so? No, really? I think you're dumb. <laughs> How about Fist of the North Star? <laughs> that guy's still flying around in space. The thing, <laughs> the thing about Fist of the North Star is like, I don't think it's ever gonna be not post-apocalyptic when there's just like these dudes who are like, I'm great at kung fu, so I've become a warlord. Yeah, yeah. And well, then, it's like Mad Max. I don't think I'll ever will be no. not Mad Max, right? And then like Kinshiro comes around and he's like, I'm gonna, pu- I'm gonna touch all your pressure points, make you explode. That's how you do it. Don't work hard, work smart. My favorite Fist of the North Star thing ever, I I don't remember the name of it, unfortunately, because it's called something different in Japanese, but, like, the villain's name is Souther. That's a cool name. Is he left-handed? He's a, well, uh, he's, like, a warlord who's, like, taking, he's, like, killing all these fucking children, like, stealing everything this town owns and shit. He's a monster. And Kenshiro tries to fight him, and he does his fucking pressure point technique, and it doesn't work. Oh, shit. And Souther, like, fucking almost kills him. And he barely gets away. And then you find out that Souther's organs are all on the wrong sides. Oh, he's, like, reverse. And Kenshiro has to train to be able to do it backwards just as fast, or else he'll get killed fighting him. Damn. He's got to learn how to play with the Y-axis in <laughs> Oh, Judge Dredd. That's already pretty much at its logical point. Yeah, yeah. Judge Dredd is good though. I do love I do fucking love Dread. What a goddamn I, I gotta great watch movie. it again. It's so good, dude. Holy fuck. What a goddamn great uh, tech war. I'd love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> dude. <laughs> oh, I love tech war. Anyway. Well, looks like my memory's evolving to put me onto Planet Hot Girl so I can become a blindfold skelly man. Yep. But I hey, know what fuck that it. Is. These chicks really <laughs> dig my clarinet skills. Oh, I get it. I get it. Oh, because of the last episode. Right, right, right. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah, whole concerto it. and only 15 cringes. <laughs> Somebody's getting kissies. Mm. Signed Werewolf Bar Mitzvah of the NCC 4311. All know it reads Hell Upside Downsies. Oh my god. H E double toothpicks. That that last sentence was too smart. It took me too long to get it. It was too smart. What's that next email, Josh? Uh the title is Ain't Nothing Wrong with, with a little bombograph. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I want to say this person's name, but I guess it's okay. It says, I forgot to sign my name, but reading my name is fine. Oh, I didn't read that one first. Okay, okay, this one's from Noel. Uh, It's, uh, uh, hi, Trek boys. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Big fan of both of you. Oh, Oh, thank you. I missed that one fantasy podcast Josh did with that one guy he knows. Fantasy, fantasy, football, fantasy, football, (laughs) I think. Got me. Oh, you nice. got me. Uh, yeah, then it says I forgot to sign my name, but saying my name is fine. <laughs> Great. That was the best email we've ever gotten. You read like a quarter of it. Oh, 
Oh, it's not it's not expanded? Oh, it is. Okay. There we go. <laughs> I don't know how to do emails, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, I'm a newer fan of you. <laughs> Love that Sonic drawing you posted like 30 minutes ago on your Twitter. This was a while ago. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Thanks. I'm glad you've been a fan of me for nine days. <laughs> uh, 11 days, Jeff. Mm, true. True, true, true. Anyway, the email actually says that. It does say that. <laughs> Anyway, I recently picked up a secondhand Game Boy Color and I've been playing Dragon Warrior Monsters. More specifically, I've been grinding it. Uh, I've been grinding in it as a form of relaxation, me- relaxing meditation. Oh, that'll do it. Uh, how do you guys feel about grinding in games and how do you meditate or center yourself? Wow, that's a big question. I think everyone knows my stance on grinding. I love it. Yeah, I I don't have the opposite standing. I understand grinding is like a meditative type of thing. Yeah. But uh, I'm so impatient as a person. Like, I'll yeah. grind if I have to, but I am going to complain about it. You're not going to leave your grinds behind? It- <laughs> if your friends don't grind? And if they don't Look, grind, all my then- friends grind. <laughs> yeah. No, I love grinding. Um, Pokemon grinding? Fuck yeah. The thing is, Let's like, I, I tend to... I don't run away from fights in RPGs. Yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. So I no. tend to be co- slightly over-leveled when I get to the next boss anyway. Dude, you can never be too over-leveled. So I don't, tend to, I don't tend to grind very much. Um, except, and I've complained about this a million times to other people, so I'm sure it fucking bled into this podcast at least once. I love the game Earthbound, but that mm-hmm. game is so unbelievably grindy. Yeah, like, you have to grind in that game. Like, you beat a boss pretty easily. Like, you beat a boss, and then you walk out of the boss room into and you the get next your ass area, kicked. Yeah, and I get, get my ass, ass yeah. kicked by a regular yeah. fucking enemy. Like, it ain't yeah. a thing. Where was I yeah. supposed to grind? <laughs> yeah. Yep, we gotta go back. You gotta go back and grind on all the weaker fuckers. You gotta go kill the blue mobs. It's, uh... I never finished Earthbound because of that. Because the, I never played it, and I played it um, the first time a couple years ago, and I got to the point where I had to grind for like the fourth time. Yeah. And I was like, I'll come back to this, and then. Well, we're adults now, so it's like harder for us to like yeah. do that type of shit. And it <laughs> right? sucks. Like, like I've got shit yeah. I gotta do, but like I really just want to spend all my time in this game. Yeah, I know, I know, it does suck. But I do like Earthbound, and I mean, beyond it being grindy, it doesn't really have any problems in my I opinion. Like, I like grinding in like all RPGs. I I I just do it like I don't know. I just fall into it. I guess that's like meditating. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I guess like. I will say I played Mother 3 before I played Earthbound. Yeah. And Mother 3 fixes all those grinding issues. And it's That's like, good. It's a much more fun game to play as well because, like, it has sort of, like, Mario RPG-style, uh, like, um, timed button hits to music to do more oh, damage. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's and that cool. was so fun. Like, you I can know- just keep doing damage for almost ever if you stay on beat. That's cool. <laughs> I know, like, with the new Final Fantasy, not, not like, the re-release one, but the one that was re-released before the re-release one, <laughs> the remaster one? I don't know. Uh, uh, the, the last Final Fantasy game that came out was the, um, uh, the one with the dude who hates chaos. What is that called? 
uh, seven, right? Isn't se- wasn't it seven? Whichever one that was seven, seven came out a while ago. Yeah, seven that was like the old seven that you could play, right? And it, and you could speed up the fights. And oh shit. yeah, so, like the re-release of seven, the not re-release. the remake, not the re. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. I know there's like four hundred of them, right? Yeah. Uh, sorry, everybody. No, it's cool. Uh, yeah, and I know Nick liked that one because you could just like zoop through the fights with your fast forward button. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like I like to like live the live it. I like living that grind life. Not in real life, but in a game. <laughs> in real life, I'm lazy as fuck. <laughs> oh, the one I was thinking of is uh, Strangers of Paradise. Final Fantasy Origin was the last one that came out. That sounds like a fucking, like... Like, uh... What's his name? <laughs> I want to say Barry Manilow. What's the other guy? Barry White? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my god. Jimmy Buffett. It's like a Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett, Buffett song. Stranger Cheeseburgers in Paradise, yeah, Final Strange- Fantasy Origin. <laughs> yep. Um that was the one that like got advertised where like the dude with the buzz cut was like, I gotta kill Chaos. <laughs> Fuck you, Chaos. Damn. So fucking badass. Uh, the advertisements fucking spoiled the game. I'm not gonna, like, spoil yeah. it here, but, like, the advertisements, like, fully spoiled the twist of the game. No, you know it's a good game when that happens. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a, um, prequel to the original Final Fantasy for the NES. Of course it is. Sorta. I hate Chaos too, though. <laughs> Fuck you, Chaos! But I hate the Chaos from Get Smart. <laughs> that's, that's God, a you're old. Nobody gets. <laughs> you old fuck. Hold on, I'm getting a phone call on my shoe. <laughs> this dude doesn't have a cell phone, Grandpa. <laughs> um, how do I do? I, do I feel like it's meditative? Sometimes. I mean, like I can definitely zone out grinding, especially in Pokemon. It's so easy to zone out grinding in Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, easy. I meditate and center myself by laying on the floor. Yeah, it's good. And I have the shitty, like, apartment popcorn ceilings. Oh, yeah, I have that, too. So I lay in the floor and stare at the ceiling and find shapes in it. That's cool. And I find... It's very artistic. I I find it very calming and soothing, and, like, it doesn't feel like I need to be doing anything else while I do that. I listen to a lot of, like, uh binaural beats i do that when i go to sleep uh i meditate like actual meditating too uh but i do tantra of meditative sex yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) i do puppetry of the penis (laughs) hot dog hamburger (laughs) giraffe Oh, Figure that one out. That's a tough one. Holy <laughs> shit. Thanks, Noel. That was a good email. That was a good email. Hopefully we gave you a decent enough answer there. Is this two emails? This is the longest shit I've ever seen. Um, They're just so. the same email twice. Oh, I see, I see. It is Ensign Sully. Oh, you gotta read it. <laughs> it's entitled Cannibal Peyote. Edit special edition where Jeff shoots first. What's with the special edition emails? I don't know. This is a special edition, everybody. You better collect it. Yeah. It's an NFT now. 
Oh, fuck you. <laughs> hey there, nope. Trek boys. Happy belated First Contact Day. Woo-hoo! Too bad the Seven of Niners didn't draft Space and Tatum, and the Celtics passed them for second Space Seed in the playoffs. <laughs> oh my god. If the Celtics have lost to the Brooklyn Q-Nets by the time this email is read, please edit out the last sentence. But if Josh's hometown team is eliminated by the Toronto Motha Raptors, yeah. Laugh obnoxiously, please. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the Sixers are kicking the fuck out of the Mahatma Raptors, so I'm, I'm I, glad that all meant something to you. I don't know if the I don't know what the Celtics are doing because I don't give a single fuck about the Celtics. But let's look. The Celtics are our people. <laughs> I know, but they don't even them. say Celtics right. So, <laughs> wait, the Grizzly? Are they playing the Grizz? Oh, the Nets. Here we go. They won uh, last night. They won two nights ago. They're kicking the crap out of them. So, I got a late April May fools peyote for you. Uh huh. Oh, it's peyote? As long as Johnny Cash shows up as a coyote, I'm down like a clown, Charlie Brown. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good Simpsons reference. That's, that's yep, yep. It's still April, don't worry. <laughs> uh, the TNG crew accepts a transfer from Lieutenant Hannibal Packer, who mm. works in engineering and has some unusual tastes. Oh, boy. He programs the replicator to replicate exotic meats that disturb the other crew members. At first, he starts with animals the humans consider inhumane or taboo, like veal extra rare, foie gras, condor eggs, and dog and cat. Do people consider foie gras No. Weird? Foie, so. foie gras is just uh, duck liver. Yeah, I don't care about ducks. <laughs> but then he I'll... inevitably works his way up to one rare flank steak human. <laughs> always cannibalism lately and the organs of sentient beings and green vulcan breast milk jesus <laughs> all right fresh cambodian breast milk data's puzzled at how disturbed the crew are and says to picard sir it seems the crew are comfortable with the slight uh, the sight of consuming some living beings and not others this is most confusing he would know why yeah he would know he's talked about taboo before yeah um, and but- not the game he talked about the game taboo on a different episode. Yeah, yeah it's different. <laughs> He's like, who's played this? I don't know. Nobody has played this. Picard does his best to explain the history of cannibalism and how some animals are valued for companionship more than others who are considered meat animals, but concedes that the sight of any animal's corpse being consumed is an archaic part of society that might take some time to phase out. Mm-hmm. Regardless, he tells Packer that the replicator must adhere to earth dishes that are within the ethical limits of modern society. Packer insists that human meat is all he eats. He's a werewolf. And it's part of his culture, which Starfleet is supposed to respect, and that he isn't hurting anyone. Werewolf culture. He calls him a hypocrite and resigns from Starfleet immediately, taking a shuttle to the old Christian's rugby colony on Dahmer 7. (laughs) It's all a Dahmer (laughs) Christ. Before Barkley finishes the ethical, but isn't it already ethical if nothing was killed? Subroutines. Nice. Riker decides to pull a couple of pranks, noting that it is the ancient Earth holiday of April Fool's Day. He replicates a full meat model of himself? How 
the full, fuck would he do that? Fully cooked with an apple in his mouth, leaving it in Counselor Troy's quarters? This is crazy! Sully, you're a freak! What are you talking about? Sully, my god. I hope the Celtics lose. Her loud yelp of surprise causes many a chuckle. Who's who? What? The situation the escalates with full busts of the senior crew members being made, kind of like those realistic-looking cakes, but it's meat. They get propped up and placed on the bridge, giving the night shift a good fright. <laughs> Data, more confused than ever, decides to replicate Admiral Necheyev's head and serve it to the captain on a platter. <laughs> Little did he know that he had a space Skype call with her over dinner. It does not end well. A furious Picard unplugs the replicator until further notice and instructs Worf to make the crew some recently imported gawk. Why is Worf in charge of gawk? That's racist. That's a little bit racist. <laughs> Little do they know that he saved himself some crusher breast in a to-go box. <laughs> Sully, you're freaky. You're a freak, Sully. Sully, you nasty. You nasty, though. You nasty, Sully. Props to the Discord crew. <laughs> Daruma, Mafodope, Matthew Tuberone, Spivzy, and Heinz Affiliate. For many of these delicious but probably ditched ideas. Yeah, 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 yeah ditched. Yeah, Fully. ditched. You're all yeah. nasty. You all freaky. yeah. Which you two can partake in if you give just $1 a month to the M-Class Patreon page. It's a great community where you can talk about anything from Star Trek to Kamen Rider or share what food you've made, preferably within the limits of human levels of comfort. Signed, Ensign Sully aboard the uh, the Chief Masticator aboard the USS Necco Wafer. Yo, that's the most offensive fucking part of this email, is the USS Necco Wafer. <laughs> yeah, Necco Wafers suck. What in the fuck are you doing eating Necco Wafers, dude? The cheap I'd rather you eat. I'd rather you eat human meat than Necco Wafers. <laughs> that email was a little too freaky for your boy. That was like know. a Halloween fever dream, man. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't know about all this, man. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. <laughs> Seeing all these names attached to this email, I don't know, man. Are we gonna? Are we gonna have to like, like, no cannibalism talk in the Discord? <laughs> is that what we're gonna have to do? The thing is, up until the point of the April Fool's Day pranks, quote unquote, everything was fine. <laughs> I like how he puts a, like, meat man of himself in the quarters. I don't like that. <laughs> With the apple? That kind of was cute. I like the apple. That's a mouth. porky pig joke right there. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. It's all fine, you fucking freaks. It's Someone's all listening fine. to filthy fucking trap music outside. I can hear it. You can probably hear it, too. Uh, in the previous email... He does mention. He does ask Josh, "What sax do you play?" Oh, I answered him already. Tenor and alto. I remember that. He said, "Oh, that's cool. I play tenor." Yeah. At least you're not one of those baritone weirdos. I might have said that. I don't remember. I don't remember Barry any of this. Sax. He's included a link to the five thousand twenty-five hundred six hundred minutes Star Trek <laughs> thing. 
which is the saddest, cringiest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> I haven't seen it, and I don't. I You've won't. not missed anything. I'm not going to watch it. What's that next email? Our next email is from uh, Fresh Rye Lieutenant. Lieutenant Fresh Rye. Put some respect on that name. Uh, I'm an alien ensign, so he's my superior. It's uh, <laughs> Strike a Pose is the name of it. Uh, love, and by extension, horniness, is a main is a many-splendored thing. True. And while I would like to share a pleasant tale from my love life with you, Trek boys, I shall instead share a cautionary one. What's the difference? <laughs> Women, am I right? Uh, can't or, live or, with or, them. Or men, am I right? I don't know. Can't live with them. Can't put a meat man on yourself in their quarters without them. <laughs> Many years ago, I met a young woman we'll call Tache. All right, that seems weirdly specific. The, the, the club, is that the, her actual name? That <laughs> looks like her name. Yeah, that's like her real name. Or it's like Ashley or something. There was a, lo- a there was a lot of that in the Groucho like book that I read, the autobiography, yeah. where he was like, "Let's call them uh, Johnson," even though their real name was Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I met a young woman we'll call Tache at a club down south from me. Being the respect- respectful and shy boy I was, I dared not approach her. But apparently, my smittenness was too obvious as she started to chat me up. Well, it's a good thing somebody came over to somebody. Let's get this party started, you know what I mean? Let's get that party started. <laughs> it was during this first meeting, Tache told me how she recently had to vogue a guy about to kiss her. I don't know what that is. Voguing, as she explained, was the way she deflects awkwardness in awkward like situations. The, like the Madonna vogue, Oh, you right? do the hand thing. Uh, yeah, vogue, you put your hand vogue, up. Yeah. Everybody move yeah. to the music. That's all we can have. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get sued. Uh, And yes, she vogues by framing her face with her hands and forearms. Yes, just like the Madonna music video for the Madonna song Vogue. Well, that's where it comes from, Fresh Rye. Well, you didn't know that shit two seconds ago, Josh. (laughs) Yeah, but like, if you're going to say voguing, like, I get it. (laughs) Let your body move to the go climb a rock. (laughs) Now we're really sued. After that night, our passionate relationship bloomed and then quickly faded. Wow, that was quick. And slowly stopped talking to each other and simply drifted apart. I don't like this. Our passionate this relationship bloomed and then quickly faded. Well, that's what she said. Yeah, Am I right? Yeah, just like my dick. But talking about your pee-pee. <laughs> Later that year, we would meet again. At the same club, no less. I was there. After being out of the picture for the last however many months, I went in for a hug and a kiss. That's when she vogued me! Oh my god! No! And my dumb, obvious ass didn't realize this at first. Instead, I started voguing back at her like a dingus. I was... Only during my drive back home did the realization of my faux pas hit me. Shame. Thankfully, Tache didn't hold that blunder against. Uh, we still talk from time to time, but the memory of dumbassery will haunt me forever. <laughs> I, <laughs> Lieutenant Fresh Ride, Chief Misconnections Officer aboard the USS Express Your Elf. P.S. The club was a BDSM club. Okay, thanks. Bye. That sounds fun. I see how your what you meant by your passionate relationship bloomed and then quickly faded. Yeah, I see. Uh, yeah, 
Uh, I don't think that's a faux pas. I don't no, think you did I think Tache is a psycho. This yeah, is, this Tichet, is psychopath yeah. behavior to be yeah, voguing is, at people. This is very, um, what's the word? Like personality disorder, red flaggy. Really? If, <laughs> if you told me that this entire thing happened at like a boys and girls club of America when you were teenagers, it would make way more sense to me. Yeah. This is a teenager thing to do. Yeah, this is very... Like, when things childlike. are awkward, I just vogue. That's such yeah. a teenager thing. That the fact that it was a BDSM club and you were adults... Yeah. Yeah, uh, and why like... Why didn't she just hit you with the paddle? What? <laughs> you would, you're in the BDSM club. You're obviously gonna like it, and then you don't. she doesn't have to kiss you. Yeah, why didn't she put a ball gag in your mouth? That would stop the kissing. Yeah, absolutely. No, what a grown-up would do is would sit there and talk to you and explain that, like... Yeah, I don't want to kiss. Yeah, I don't want to date you anymore or whatever anymore. Like, that's what a grown-up would do. Like, or that's... punch you in the mouth if you didn't stop. <laughs> Even and better. you would deserve it. <laughs> and, you... <laughs> and you would like it, because that's what I Cause like. Because it is a BDSM club. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is... um. We're not giving people the answers they want in this no, email. We not. <laughs> but we're not. But seriously, seriously though, like, don't feel bad about that at all. No, like, I don't think that was a faux pas. I think that, that was, was not a faux pas. Voguing at somebody in an awkward situation is going to make that situation a million times more awkward. How the fuck would anybody fucking know what she wanted by just that? It, like, if you hadn't talked to her... First of all, you did talk to her, and you still didn't know what she was doing. Yeah, exactly. Like, she told you about it, and you still had no fucking clue what that was. You know why? Because that's not what the human beings communicate like. That's not how you d talk to somebody, especially if you've, like, peed their V. Like, I'm, I'm thinking the visual of this is absolutely hilarious to me. No, that I'm thinking about it. Maybe I'm on board with voguing at people. I don't know. But, like, the, the thing that you're, like, going in for a hug, you got your arms out. Yeah. And she just, like, knocks them away by voguing. And starts voguing? <laughs> Especially if you're going in for a kiss and she just slaps your face away by voguing. Voguing is not a thing. Voguing is not a thing. We are um, we are not sanctioning voguing. It's you know, I'm, I don't know. There's something really funny about that. I mean, that's fully teenage teenage behavior, but like, it's so funny to me now. I'm not trying to get vogued at no BDSM club. <laughs> I'm trying to get everything else done to me there, but yeah. not vogued. You can step on my testicles. You can whatever, but don't vogue me. Uh, I don't know. I don't want people standing on my testicles. Man, whatever gets the job done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mostly just get off when women vogue at me. <laughs> oh I, got a, I got a Madonna fetish. Well, Fresh Rye, you just you just gave a new fetish to Jeff. You found a new fetish for him. Express your elf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, I um. I don't, I vote, this is some weird teenager behavior and I find it very funny. It's goofy. Our next email is from David S. Oh, fuck. Of course yeah. it is. Yeah. And it's entitled, What is Rootin' Tootin' in Life? <laughs> oh, that's so weird. We were just talking about Conan in that's the last, so weird. The last uh, episode. Well, form a telepathic cage around my junk and call me Trip. If it ain't the Trick Boys. 
<laughs> Boys, spending time in horny jail really put a few things in perspective. Like, maybe people who can't whistle or spit or tie a knot real good can be trustworthy. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't judge a book by how sexy it looks. Nice. Maybe Nagilam has a plan for us all, and although it's probably to watch us get freakier and a couple of changelings in a blender, <laughs> his plan for us might also be that we be happy or something like that. Lame. Boys, what are some small ways you remind yourself to enjoy life? What are some small wisdoms y'all have come across or developed yourselves to keep perspective? Oh, man, that's such a hard and good question. Voguing. <laughs> no, Jeff, no. <laughs> you are off the deep end right I've, now. I've lost control of my life to voguing. You are addicted. Uh, um, outside. Go outside and sit in the sun. Yeah, looking at the sky when it's nice out always makes me enjoy life more. Like, the sky yeah. is so beautiful. Like, the color blue of the sky is so fucking beautiful. Like, this sounds dumb as fuck, and, like, I just made it up or read it off a fortune cookie, but, like, go outside in, like, trees and just, like, smell. Oh, yeah. Just, like, smell outside. Dude, the, like, going hiking for me isn't, like... I don't challenge myself at all. I don't go on like the hard no. hiking things. I just F- want to be that. out in the woods. Yes. Yeah. yeah, fuck that. Because it, sm- it smells so great and it sounds yeah. so great and it feels so great in the woods. Yeah. Like, especially like if it's a day that's kind of like a little too hot and then you yeah. go in the woods under all the shaded trees and it's it just cooler. feels so cool and nice. Yeah. Trees, plants, that really that really does it for me the older I get. Like, not yeah. gonna lie. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, music also any like just music makes me uh, feel really good all the time. I think letting yourself, as far as like small wisdoms, uh, I think letting yourself feel your feelings is the best way to yeah. get past them. Like if you're constantly fighting against them, they're always going to be knocking on the door. If yeah, you just let yeah. them in and feel them and experience them, you can get past them. Yep, agreed. Uh, buy a lightsaber. That's the number one I was looking for. <laughs> Just chill out um, and stop worrying about work sometimes. I have a really hard time with that because I'm like, I'm my yeah. own boss. I'm a freelancer. The only one that's keeping me working is me. So my brain is constantly like, why aren't you doing something? Why are you not doing anything? If you're anything like me, Jeff, and I know you are, and if anyone is anything like me, it's the guilt. Like, I know I do. Getting rid of the guilt. How do you do that, right? Don't feel guilty about... Voguing. 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 (laughs) Uh, Don't feel guilty about... I know it sounds so... It's so easy to say, don't feel guilty, because it's like... Yeah, but it's like a a process to not feel guilty, right? You have to work through it yourself, however you can. Yeah. Zoloft. <laughs> it, it helps, I hear. It's great. I love it's, it. Finding appreciation for what you have. Yeah. Even if you don't have much. Like, the other night, this is going to sound unbelievably sad. Okay. The other night, I I'm was ready. feeling real low about myself and my life and my art and my mm-hmm. uh, what's going to happen to me. Am I going to have to be a hobo? <laughs> And I walked into the kitchen and I was like, man, I really wish I had something that was like easy to make. Because I don't feel like yeah. making anything for a snack. 
That's the depression. And I look down, and there's a package of ramen noodles, the kind I like. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, at least I got this. This, like, fits the, perfectly right now. The universe provided. And I was like, well, Crystal provided. The universe. Yeah, and your again, whole universe. Like, that's another you thing. You love her like, so much, she's your whole life. It's true. She is my universe. But I'm flirting with you for your, for, flirting for you with your <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's another thing I was just about to say is, like, um, appreciating the people in your life. Like, regardless yeah. of your relationship to them or, like, whether you've spent time together recently or not. Like, the people mm. who really care about you, that's rare in this world for someone to, like, genuinely care yeah. about you beyond their relation to you in some I way. Think, I think that's the number one, maybe one of the number one reasons we're here is to, like... Find those people. Absolutely. And to, like, get rid of people in your life who are not that. I spent a long time thinking friendship was uh, a precursor to argument and anger. Yeah, and well, It was yeah. always like a, like a walking on eggshells situation with friends of mine. Yeah. And then I finally, like, met some people who were genuine about caring about me and liking me as a yeah. person it was a whole new world and finding those people is so difficult like you should cherish them if you have them yeah it blows your mind man when like it, it really blew my mind like the first time that i experienced that i was like oh that's crazy yeah exactly <laughs> i was like that's wild that that exists whoa and it's yeah. like a really comforting thought that i i came to Naturally, uh, I thought, like, you know, because, you know, media teaches you this and people will try and teach you this as well, that, like, yeah. you meet all your friends when you're young. Yeah, that's not. Uh, that's and, not, like, yeah. that's where, like, lifelong friendships come from or something. But yeah. I, I met Josh when I was 28. Yeah. And, and like, I was we're best friends. <laughs> yeah, Josh was 48 at the time, I believe. <laughs> and we're. <laughs> And we're, like, best friends. Like, I met yeah. my best friend way later in life than you're supposed to. Yeah, and there's no, like, way to do it, right? Like, no, I started talking to you. Yeah, it, it, it will just, yeah, it just it just occurs. Like, yeah, we, we, we get hung up on a lot of, like, the way things should be, right? That's probably really, some wisdom to follow right there is to give yeah. that up. Give that up. That's there's no the way it should be. Nobody fucking knows what they're doing. And the people who tell you that the way things are and the way they should be, they are the most who don't know what's going on. I'm ever. like a I'm full hypocrite mode about that shit where I'm like, oh, I was supposed to be like a, yeah. a published comic book artist well, we by all do now. It. We all do it. I was supposed to do this or that by now and like shit happens at its own pace in your life. And yeah. you just have to like trust that the direction you're going and the work you're putting in will pay off someday. Yeah. As long you as you keep pushing as long as you keep pushing at it, you'll eventually get there. Yeah. You don't have to live your life for anybody else. That's true as well. That's great wisdom. Like fuck them. Fuck everybody else. We, maybe not that. But <laughs> fuck them. Like you to death. you have these people in your life who you genuinely care for, who you do for, right? Who will mm -hmm. do for you the same exact way and if they won't, yeah. then you shouldn't be genuinely caring for them. Right. And you can still like talk to them or whatever. Yeah, no, you I'm can still saying, be like, like pals. Don't vogue them out of your life. No. <laughs> don't vogue their face away from yours. <laughs> 
But, I mean, yeah, man. I, I feel like I've learned a lot since I turned 30. I really thought I had the world on lock and I knew everything in my 20s, but, like... Of course you did. That's what we all thought. I learned that I didn't know jack shit, and I'm pretty much at peace with man. that now. Ain't nobody knows jack no, shit, that, man. That's also a comforting thing, right? When you're struggling with something, is like, yeah. nobody really knows what they're doing. We're all just winging it and hoping for the best. Yeah, there's no rules. Even though we're always told there are, they're really, uh... I mean, besides, like, the bad ones, like, don't kill people you don't, and shit. Don't replicate a cannibal corpse of yeah. yourself and put it in your girlfriend's room with an apple in its mouth. Yeah, don't, like, suck off a guy at a BDSM club and then vogue him the next time you see him. <laughs> that's rational adult behavior. I'm just assuming that's what happened, I don't know. Um... <laughs> Y'all boys are talking so sweet about me and buttering me up so good. I mean, talking to me like I'm some sort of rich masters or something. If I didn't know better, I'd think y'all was going to have me on to talk about the good, the bad, and the uglier Wild Wild West or Blue Collar Comedy Tour or Star Trek, I guess. Of course, I'm just happy y'all enjoy the ding-dongery I send y'all every other week. I'm not sure what I would do with this these emails otherwise. Maybe if I get a couple thousand dollars to spend, I'll get Jeff to draw a comic book of my best, most yee-hawingest adventures. <laughs> Signed, David S., back at the old Deep D. Oh, he's back, finally. He he's got back out of on Deep Dish jail. 9. Oh, man, that's good. That's Why good do I remember that. the lore of David S. so well? <laughs> I remember the lore of David S. more than I remember our dumb lore. <laughs> Like, we're not even on the space station anymore. We don't even eat ice cream anymore. No, we barely mention any of that shit. Yeah, we don't even do any of that. We're on we're on Ryza right now, I think. We're on vacation. We're on vacation from our own narrative. Yeah. <laughs> dude, you, dude, that's wisdom right there. you got to take a vacation from your own narrative. That's dude. true. That's damn Fuck true. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, what's that next email, Josh? Next email is, let's see the name, Lieutenant Herdman. <laughs> Lieutenant Hurt, I heard that. Uh, nice. No. <laughs> From Lieutenant Herdman, recently transferred, Signals Intelligence Directorate, Starfleet Intelligence, Trek Boys, colon. <laughs> it appears the security on your comm relay is tighter than the bras of 20 Orion slave girls pushed into, fi- into a 5x5 five five foot cage. Wow, that's tight. That's specific. <laughs> yeah. I had meticulously planned emails for St. Patty's Day, April Fool's, and June 9th. What the fuck is June 9th? Uh, maybe I know maybe his birthday? Is it his birthday? <laughs> and today's 420. Well, two days ago it was 420, but it's 420! Woo! Oh, smoke weed every day. Hey, hey. Uh, anyways, after picking up my pads and restringing my corkboard, I'll send this again. Okay. First up. We have this long-lost message from the Chieftain of Terra Nova. <laughs> That's the one that we fucked, we pretended to watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever actually seen that whole episode. I always turn it off after a while. Yeah, it's a, it's a terrible episode. Uh, feel free to use a halting 23rd century caveman voice. Okay, I, I, knew- I do remember deleting this one. I apologize because, like, I didn't get much of the joke of it because I didn't watch the whole episode. <laughs> if if I knew what that meant, I would do it, but I don't. <laughs> uh, should I continue reading? Yeah, go for it. From Jammin. We Jammin? Jammin? What, Jammin? Jammin? 
Uh, one night I put up feet, drink cup of mud, and polished the rock. I listened to Sky Boys speak of Terra Nova. I glistened like rock wall. We cave strong. Good people. <laughs> Sky Boys say they review great finger painting directed by LeVar Burton, reader of rainbows. <laughs> Show, 24th of October, 2001. 6.5 suns on internet movie database. <laughs> How interesting. <laughs> How interesting. How interesting. Uh... Yet, I only hear silence. Silence for so long. Silence until sun up. Trek boys tell untruths. Darkest shell. <laughs> That's from the episode, I think. <laughs> uh, what you think of Terra Nova, truly. Remember, we capture man with funny voice. He even paler than us. Ha ha. <laughs> Is that racist? <laughs> His lightning stick, no match for knotted club and strength of cave fungus eaters. Now tell... No lies. Where review? You listen to it. You gotta yeah. turn it up higher. Turn it up way high. Yeah. It's there. And transmission. There's the picture of the the guy who's in like every science fiction movie ever. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know his name. He's in the mummy. He's in uh everything. He's in everything. Stargate, the movie. Mr. Deeds. Mr. Deeds is the number one science fiction movie. He is in Mr. Deeds. I bet he is. He's in a ton of shit. Yeah. Uh, that the episode's it's terrible. It's a terrible. It's a episode. bad episode. It's like almost unwatchable. I've I've watched it all the way through once, That's and like, every time it come has come on since I have skipped it. Yeah, there's no, it's 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 stupid. It's fucking stupid. It is a it is a bad episode, and I don't remember anything from it. So they're like humans that like got stuck there, but then they like were kids so they don't speak right or shit or something like, I don't dude it's dumb as fuck I don't know Terra Nova it. means new earth yeah more like Terra no thank you more like terrible Nova fuck that's better <laughs> America's favorite comedy duo returns this fall <laughs> on CW <laughs> what could go wrong uh, now that that's out of the way, how did you guys first meet? We just discussed this. We didn't really talk about when we first met. I'll be in my bunk waiting for uh, the tawdry details of this pinnacle. Nay! Combination in the anthology of sexy Trek tales. Nice job. And there's that smiley face thing. little that booty smiley face. Yeah. Uh, Lieutenant Herman, Starfleet Intelligence. P.S. You guys are my favorite podcasters by far. It's oh, a, man. That's so sweet. Thank you. Thanks for being my virtual buddies while I shovel up dog poop and take out the trash and stuff. Man, I am <laughs> incredibly wow. sorry I deleted this the first time. Wow. <laughs> we did have like tw uh, 20 goddamn emails that time. Oh, that's okay. Well, this is a good email. and uh, It turned out to yeah. be a good email, and I feel bad. All I saw was like that it was talking about Terra Nova, and I was like, I don't really know how to talk about this show. So. Well, that that should answer his question, then, because that's how bad it is. He deleted his email. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Lieutenant Herdman. Uh, how did we meet? Uh, at a BDSM club. <laughs> yeah. Josh Vogue, and yeah. it got me so rock hard. I was also known as Tache at the time. Tache. Just, just shay, Shante. <laughs> just shay away. Yeah. And uh, Jeff came up to me and he vogued at me and I thought it was like funny because I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> then we fucked. 
Yeah. Uh, um, it's actually, as all stories about meeting people are, it's pretty boring. boring. It's a boring story. Um, Continue <laughs> used to do this thing, uh, something FM. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was it? Fuck. I I say it was like a chat room that was attached to like a, a music player. Like yeah, you could play like YouTube videos and shit. Yeah, and too. it played. Uh, and you had these little avatars that were little animals, right? And then there was a yeah. chat room, and continue used to do like music nights there. And Josh yeah. was the only one who would show up ninety percent of the love time. It. Yeah, and uh, he he and Mike Sadorf hung out in there all the time, mm-hmm. and everyone was always like straight up dick riding them. <laughs> and uh or they were just like ignoring and like talking to other people or whatever yeah, yeah but like i was just constantly making stupid fucking jokes about everything <laughs> and uh josh and mike would just make stupid fucking jokes back at me yeah and eventually mike and i started talking about star trek and josh was like y'all talking about star trek <laughs> yeah i was yeah and after that ended uh, Mike and I were talking about Star Trek and uh, DMs for a while, and then Mike fell off the face of the fucking earth. And Twitter, yeah. And Twitter, and then I tweeted, Josh was following me on Twitter at this point, mm-hmm. and I tweeted, I just want somebody to fucking talk about Star Trek with. Yeah. And Josh was like, well, fucking DM me then. Yeah. And I DM'd him. And, and we slid talked, into my DMs. I slid into his DMs, and we talked about Star Trek for eight months. Yeah, the first, I think, like, the first night, I feel like we're married. The first night we talked about Star Trek till, like, four in the morning or, like, Uh five in the morning or something. It was ridiculous. And then we would just, every couple days, just DM about Star Trek for half the day. And then we were like, why don't we just make this a podcast? Yeah. (laughs) Why don't we not talk about it? I was like, I had this idea to do a podcast with Mike that we talked about once or twice, and I never had a name for it or, like, a... Uh, set up or anything or what we were gonna do. We was Treks and effect. We came up. I came up with that yeah, for us. That was you. Treks yeah. and effect. I loved it. No one would get that joke. We're gonna rebrand M class as Treks and effect. At least it, we would get shut down because it has Trek in it. That's right. We'll get fucking sued. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, we just started doing a podcast. I, I don't think we we've still not been in the same room together. I don't think so. We just I don't know. Uh, are we're best friends because we're so similar and we spend so much fucking time talking. We're both bald Irishmen, uh huh, who are angry inside, just deeply angry, <laughs> deeply wounded and angry. Yeah, <laughs> like like a no. hurt junkyard dog, <laughs> but with a heart of gold. Hearts of gold. Yeah, hearts of gold. At the end of the rainbow, because the Irish. Yeah. Also, leprechauns. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were supposed to go to a convention, the same convention. Yeah. And then COVID happened. Yeah, so, it was gonna... Yeah, it, that was... Man, remember that? Yeah, like, we were supposed to go to the same convention once, uh, MAGFest, but, yeah. like, I went and Josh was like, fuck that. I and, Yeah, that was the year that, like... I forget what happened. I think it was the year after the... It was the, the year like, you guys didn't end up getting invited. 
Oh, was it? Did, and then we, did we go one year later and it was absolute dog shit? Yes. I remember. It, yeah. yeah. I we didn't go that and, year because it was going to be absolute yeah. dog shit. Yeah, we went and they were like, oh, you can like eat in this like, like, uh, what do they call that? Like a room for like, uh, like a, like a green room, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, uh, so we're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Let's go check that out. Let's go to MAGFest. And we go to the green room and it's like three college idiots making like bachelor chow for people. It was like oh boy! It was like cold oatmeal with a fucking tortilla and a banana. I'm not even fucking. That's joking. weird as fuck, dude. And we were like, "This is." I was like, "This is a shit show." <laughs> I was like, "This." Yeah, is I, I only horrible. went to Magfest the one time because it's so ungodly expensive to go to. Yeah, there's also that part of it too. And yeah. then we were supposed to go to some other convention, like Dragon Con or something, something like that. Yeah, and then COVID hit. Yeah. So we didn't go to that. There's that still, sucked. There's still plans to sooner or later do like an M-Class panel where we watch yeah. an episode and then record an M-Class Wha- episode. Yeah. yeah. That'd be sick. Um, and then like instead of doing an email, we do questions from the audience. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That's, that's sort of the plan for an M-Class panel or an M class show or whatever it's called. M class live. Yeah. M class <laughs> live. Uncensored. And Josh and I live like an hour and a half apart at this point, so we could I go know. whatever. We're not even that far away. Like I think you live probably uh, faster to get to you than it is to get to like Philly, probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. we'll we'll do something eventually where you can see us both. I'm going to come out in my like le- leather jacket, like red leather jacket. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. You're gonna come out fully Eddie Murphy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna um, be sick. We were we have like a guest room here, but it's full of spiders, so I probably wouldn't recommend coming. I don't mind living with spiders. You're always welcome here, you know that. Well you're welcome here, but just nowhere so you know, for me. Um, there's nowhere to sleep. No, there is actually lots of places for you to sleep. Up your butt. There's well, I mean I didn't want to say it. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's enough for that email. That's enough dick sucking. Now, thank you so much, <laughs> Lieutenant Herdman. Like, saying we're your yeah. favorite podcasters warmed my cold black heart. Yeah, I'll live another day because of it, at least. Our next email is way longer than the limit I gave to you fucking people. You should learn. It's yeah, from what? this fucking moron, Rich Masters. <laughs> and, nah, I'm kidding. Holy shit. I'm kidding, Rich. If he never wrote in again, that would be my that fucking would be fault, so too. Like, oh, no, well, please. That'll show us. It's entitled Enterprise Season 5, Episode 4. Mm-hmm. My throat is ruined right now, so this will be good. Do you need me to coat it with some uh, basic fluids? Hmm. Glad tidings, Trek boys. How are you both on this fine day? It's pretty nice out. It is nice out. I might go on a bike ride later. This dude likes physical shit. Mm, I didn't say I like it. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> I can't hear you, obviously, so I'll assume 50-50 like the rest of us. Nice. <laughs> How about a story to maybe lift the spirits, polish the knobs, and service the engine? Yeah, polish my knob. I've got a good one this week, if I do say so myself. No comedy, a bit of history, some new lore, a bit more Valdor, and another step closer to war. <gasps> Yay, war! <laughs> that was so many rhymes. That was good. Lore, Valdor, war. Another step closer to history. That rhymes. I'm going to take a drink real quick. Fill for me. 
Okay, um, what are you drinking, Jeff? Is it iced tea? Is it water? Are you? Oh, it's soda. That's right. You're a Pepsi man, right? That was a terrible I... fill. You were just asking me questions <laughs> that I couldn't I'm... answer. Shut up, I'm drinking now. Fill for me. <laughs> uh, Josh, what do you like? What are you drinking? How big is your wee-wee? 14 inches wide. What? He's got a giant chode. <laughs> <laughs> It's like five tuna cans next that to That was other. the worst filling I've ever heard. <laughs> well, you can't just throw me under the bus like that. I did. I threw you directly under the bus. And then I afterwards, I threw you under the bus again by saying it was bad. You No, you threw me under the bus, then you got in the bus and backed onto me yeah. over and over again. Beep, that's beep, that's beep. the relationship on this podcast. I don't know yeah, what you're... That's how it works here. I know. I've been here. <laughs> Previously on Star Trek Enterprise Season 5. The Romulan war machine grows, led by Admiral Tharok Valdor, who has used stolen human vessels to attack Romulan colonies in order to start a war against the Coalition of Planets. In opposition, Senator Marissa Jarak and Praetor Hital, his old mentor, but Valdor poisons Hital to remove him, one step closer to getting what he desires most, all-out war. Something tells me he's going to win. He's going to do it. Probably. Admiral Tharok Valdor sits at a cafe in the Artist District at the edge of Vokar City and orders a Kruchal, a simple grain and husk salad dressed in a sour and spicy sauce. Ew, fucking Romulan's weird. (laughs) Though an intimidating hulk of a man, a booming voice and heavy foot, he considers himself an enlightened man and hasn't eaten animal products for over 55 years. Not saying vegans are Romulan-esque, just that Valdor has layers. Also, Romulans have an average lifespan of 230 years. Huh. That's a lot. That's too many. He is pleasant with the serving staff and smiles as he watches the street performers and artists, the potters and merchants. This is what I need to protect, he thinks. By making a big war. (laughs) (laughs) By throwing them into the meat grinder. (laughs) A shadow falls across his table and he looks up to find Senator Marissa Jarak asking to join him. She orders a hearty breakfast and raises an eyebrow at Valdor's meal. Valdor asks if she picked this particular cafe for their meetup for any reason, to which she supplies, replies, it was a regular lunchtime haunt for Praetor Hital and her. Valdor lifts his gaze to the obsidian gates down the street, where the senator hurrying towards their first meeting of the day. Various Senate committee members, dignitaries, and diplomats are engaged in conversations and idle chat as they saunter to the Senate, all wearing black armbands. Oh, that's never a good sign. A tragedy, isn't it, Marissa says. Politics is a dangerous life, Rissa. She raises an eyebrow. It's been a long time since he was so informal with her. Dangerous for those who disagree with the military, perhaps. Hital was old, but not in ill health. To die so suddenly, she lets the question trail off. Maybe the Romulan fire went out in him, Valdor says, genuinely upset over the loss of his mentor. Or maybe he saw that coalition vessel attack that colony and it was all too much. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, politics. Jirok says that if even if the human vessel was deliberately targeting their destroyed colony, they could hardly use that as a prelude to war. There was no proof it was a sanctioned attack. Still, she supposes that it did get Valdor what he wanted, a rearranged hearing at the Senate, so he must be feeling pretty fortunate right now. Mm. Fortunate? I take no joy in the death of any Romulan. 
Valdor is visibly irritated how she sees through his plans and takes his last bite of breakfast before bidding her good day. Lots of Romulans could die in an unnecessary war. The Valdor, I remember, would be furious about that. Marissa Jarak shouts after him. Plus, they're going to get their asses handed to them. It's true. Well, he can't succeed, right? Because nobody knows what Romulans look like. Yeah, I guess, like, he plans... I don't, I don't know. He's weird. He's a weird guy. He's vegan. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm kidding. Fuck you, vegans. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, title, The Purge. Oh, no. Oh, no. Jonathan Archer beams down onto the scorching desert of Vulcan, along with T'Pol, Shran, and Trip. Oh, I hope Shran complains. I love it when he does. <laughs> I see myself in him. <laughs> yeah. Waiting to greet them is the new head of the Vulcans, T'Pol, and Vulcan mm-hmm. ambassador and representative on the coalition. Council, Soval. Mm-hmm. Trip and Soval eagerly shake hands, and Archer's surprised. T'Pol explains that they've become quite close since having to work together during their mission with the Cyranites. Don't know what I'm talking about? Then do yourself a big favor and watch some Enterprise, nerds! Yeah, you fucking nerds! T'Pol explains that it is a prosperous time for all their peoples, and the Enterprise crew have become well-respected friends of the new Vulcan hierarchy after their exposure of Romulan interference in Vulcan affairs. New laws have been introduced, dispelling the myths around mind-melding, allowing Vulcans to choose whether they want to purge emotion, and being more supportive with their allies in their quest to join the spacefaring community. Mm. That's wonderful, Minister T'Pol. Archer smiles. But you ask for us directly. Surely an ambassadorial con... Contingent. Saying it together is what's fucking me up. Ambassadorial contingent. Would have been more appropriate. If you're British, it's easier, I think. T'Pol stands to one side, revealing a priest who steps forward towards Captain Archer. With a tilt of a head, Archer recognizes her. Surak? What? The priest explains that she's obviously not Surak. She's just the holder of his Katra, and has become the spiritual advisor of the Vulcan Council. They're beckoned to follow T'Pol, but Trip hangs back and asks to speak to Saval alone. T'Pol is suspicious, but leaves them to their conversation. Archer's like, damn, Surak got hot! Surak got (laughs) fuckable? Surak with titty? Surak used venom? (laughs) It's a joke from last episode. My god, what a callback. Holy shit. In a flashback, Thorak Valdor is 20 years old and sits outside the Senate halls. He's nervous and has just been promoted to the rank of adjutant to the ambitious local politician named Pharaoh. Nice name. Senator Hital, like the same Hital that Valdor later killed, sits alongside him in civilian attire and weighs up the jittery young man with a side glance. Are you alright, my boy? Here to see the beast? He gestures with a glance to his own office. Young Valdor nods. And Hital says that it's understandably nerve-wracking experience to meet the leader of the Locarian province for the first time, but that Hital likes to think himself a fair, honest man. There's nothing to fear. Valdor, who clearly hasn't recognized Hital, feels instantly at ease and explains that Pharaoh's asked him to present some constituency data incorrectly in order to sway the senator to support his advances. Whoopsies! <laughs> Hital smiles, stating that is common politics. 
<laughs> but this data is about public health spending being diverted to military funding. Valdor goes on when Hital questions why that is important. It's my feeling that the public should not suffer for the advancement of force. The admission comes out easily, and Valdor realizes he has spoken out of turn in a dangerous place. When he notices the senator's pen denoting his seniority, Valdor turns pale. Pale green, I assume. Hital <laughs> uh, stands and ushers his frightened young colleague into his office, impressed by his honesty. Uh, how would you like a better job, my boy? <laughs> but I already support Counselor Pharaoh. That, my boy, is politics, too. Nice, Scott fucking Romulan, son. Tripp and Soval are sat in silent meditation, motionless and quiet. Are your emotions stilled now, Soval asks, to which Tripp nods. Tucker explains that he is desperately struggling, that he's still, understandably, mourning the loss of his daughter, and simultaneously feels guilty that he's feeling happy about his growing relationship with T'Pol. He asks Soval if he could go through colon R to get rid of the negative emotions. Saval is shocked and explains that it is no simple thing, but that he understands. Vulcans once stood on a knife's edge, enhanced by their feelings, but cursed by them too. I know that feel. Tripp explains that he's uh, that the state he is in at the moment is as if every emotion tastes like ash. Saval nods before agreeing to Tripp's request. That's fucking great. Holy shit. Every emotion tastes like ash. That's really Oof. good. We've all been there. Yep. Archer, T'Pol, and Shran trek to the temple on Mount Salaya, the highest peak overlooking the desert wasteland of Vulcan. Shran is struggling, and T'Pol offers him a hand. He hesitates to take it, but realizes the terrain is not for him. I pay back my debts, he says. <laughs> T'Pol gives him a look that says that if they ever visit Andoria, she will no doubt need his help. <laughs> they all enter to find the Surak slash priest named Saris, already waiting for them. Saris? That's my that Vulcan's name. It's just spelled differently. Oh. Oh. Is it, though? <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I got CBS copyrighted! <laughs> Shran asked why they had to climb while she transported there. With a hint of sarcasm, she states that the climb is to make them all compliant to manipulation. Nice. <laughs> After a second, Shran laughs heartily and tells Archer he likes this one. Archer smirks, then asks why Sar- asks Saris why she's asked them there, them specifically. Saris explains that the three of them represent the strong relationships in the Coalition, the, strong, the strongest friends Vulcan has. These three, above all others can be trusted with a truth known only by a few of their people. A truth Surak has kept for almost a thousand years. Oh no, they're going to tell them about the fucking Romulans. She asks them all to place their hands on an ancient-looking text, and when a flash of light engulfs them, they find themselves in exactly the same place, but in the far past of R-1200s. Oh my god, they have magic books! Why do, why they got magic books? I didn't hear anything about this. They're elves, dude. They got magic books. That's true. Saris, really rich. You fucker. Okay. He's trying to trying to get you to read it. He probably forgot. Nobody remembers those characters because it's been three years since we did that special. Tandar. And I do miss Tandar. 
<laughs> in flashback, Valdor is in his late 20s now and addresses the media on the campaign trail for his mentor, soon-to-be Praetor Hital. He's worked hard, but tells them the man he supports would work harder still as the leader of the Star Empire, as a force for good and fairness. One journalist asks if Hital's empowering policies extend to military advancement, and Valdor, a pacifist, tries to deflect the question. It becomes a bone of contention with Valdor getting angrier until Hital steps in and saves him, ushering him away from the microphone. Marissa Jarak waits on the side of the stage for him and offers support, telling him he did well not to get drawn into debating. Valdor is annoyed and explains that he needs to be less passionate about his anti-military ideals, but Jarak says that that's what she loves about him and kisses him. They're smoochy boochies. <laughs> well put. She, she tells him his parents wanted to talk to him. They were watching from the crowd, and like the dutiful son he is, he goes to them, appeased he is a good man. Yeah, not for long. Something happens to him. Shran watches as a young Surak picks up the book they used to travel back and shouts at him to put the book down. Nice. But as Archer and T'Pol point out, they cannot interact with the Vulcans in this room, as if they were just observers. Mm-hmm. Surak passes the book to the leader of the Vulcans, Tavos. The leader gives the temple, leaves the temple to address a crowd, and though Shran and Archer try to follow, T'Pol asks that they please not. When Archer asks why, that Surak obviously doesn't want them to be shown, she explains that they will not look at her the same way again. Confused, Archer puts a hand on her so- shoulder and says that would never happen. Did mm-hmm. I miss something? No. The leader leaves the temple to address a crowd, and though Shran and Archer try to follow, T'Pol asks that they please not. When Archer asks why, that Surak obviously wanted them to be shown... They- she they got zooped. They got zooped into a different time. Yeah, yeah, she explains that they will not look at her the same way. Confused. Yeah, okay. They follow into a, a balcony where Tavos explains that the fighting now must stop. The civil wars between the violent Vulcan factions will destroy their society. She speaks passionately, emotionally, about the differences tearing their planet apart. That opinion without logic, knowledge without temperance, argument without empathy is killing them. Shran points out that the planet Vulcan is green and verdant. Archer looks to T'Pol, but she reveals nothing. Tavas tells the crowd that she has forced the Vulcan priests to reveal the secrets of their emotional purging. Every dissident, criminal, protester, and deviant will be forced through the same process. If emotion drives their crimes, they will be stripped of it in a mental castration. Damn! The crowd cheers, but Surak is appalled. Oh, no! That's fucked. Young Valdor stands outside the Senate, and Marissa Jarak begs for him not to do what he's setting out to. Valdor takes his face in his hand, her face in his hands and explains he cannot stand by any longer and say nothing. They will kill you, she worries. No, he smiles. This is what they need, whether they know it or not. They will listen. They will understand. They will learn. He goes out into the Senate hall and impresses on the senators the need for demilitarization, that the Romulan Empire is big enough, that the washing of neighborhood cultures to fall in line with the Romulan ways, language, and histories only harms them in the end. Mm -hmm. The Senate do not applaud, do not understand, and all that they learn is that Valdor is is a traitor. This is so smart. This is so good. Praetor Hital, his mentor and friend, 
orders that he be taken away. Oh, shit. <laughs> On Vulcan, the civil war infighting has increased. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Predictably, Tavas's declarations have not gone do- down well, and she's doubled down. How Romulan of her. Weird. Serac counsels her and explains how she should take back her comments. The certain factions at war for decades have now joined together against her. They march under the banner of a Krell hawk, a Vulcan Uh-oh. bird which attacks larger, seemingly more dominant predators. A raptor. Uh-oh, spaghettios. Tavas says that the large conservative swaths of the population agree with her and have already submitted themselves to take the Kolinar. Horrified, Surak says that it is never what it was intended for, that the priesthood used partial Kolinar to center themselves, not to control thought. The Vulcan people need to learn control, not have it thrust upon them. Tavas dismisses him, stating she would rather see Vulcan burn than wait for that day. Oh, uh, well, that's going to happen. Well, you get your wish. <laughs> Trip and Saval be- uh, begin the procedure of Kolinar, placing a candle between them. Saval explains that Tucker will have to talk through the emotions that have been plaguing him in order to purge them. He's going to Vulcan therapy. Trip talks about how his love of the daughter he hardly knew is a gaping hole he can't fill. That all of his other joys, his love for T'Pol, his work, his friends, now feels tainted somehow. And he hates the baby for it. He is That's upset. That's what they call a soft cell tainted love. Oh no. And he, uh, he is upset by the vocalization of his feelings and cries. Saval asks him how the hate makes him feel. Guilty, Tripp admits. A monster. She was so innocent, so beautiful. I barely even got the chance to hold her, let alone love her. And now I hate her? She burst into my life, creating this vacuum, and then left. I have four children, Tripp. It is my experience that it is the primary function of children. Parents give, children take. And the lifetime of experience, love, mistakes, regrets, successes that we pour into that empty vessel, frame who they are, will ultimately be. Elizabeth never got the chance to be anyone. Not so. Saval puts a hand on his friend's hand. Her her light may have been extinguished far earlier than was fair, but she existed. She was somebody who had an impact on you, and her life brought you and T'Pol together. A life is not measured solely in the days it lasts, but the love and the impact it leaves on us. My God, God damn, Rich. <laughs> Trip nods, understanding as Saval goes on. It's only a shame that these feelings will have to be destroyed, too. Trip is confused until Saval tells him that Vulcans can't purge chosen emotions. It's all or nothing. Yep. Trip has to decide whether the pain he feels is as important as the joy of sharing Elizabeth's existence. With a shake of the head, Trip explains he can't sacrifice her and asks that they stop the colonar. Saval leans forward and blows the candle out, stating that he hadn't even begun yet. Ah! Tricked. <laughs> On uh, on Vulcan, the planet is being bombarded with nuclear weapons. Oh, not again. (laughs) And Serac climbs the stairs of the Capitol building, desperate to bind Tavas. Probably Tavas. Tavas, yeah. yeah. When he reached the main hall, every seat of the High Council table is empty except for Tavas. She sits watching a monitor, watching the nukes destroy major Vulcan cities. They did it, Serac laments. The rebels did it. No, 
Tavos says, eyes glued to her screens. I did. Yeah. Sensing Sirach's horror, she explains that she could not allow the Separatists to retake Vulcan after a century of war and decided to turn their weapons on their own populace to end it. Clearly mad, Sirach has her arrested and assumes control. Oh boy, I hope that's not what we're looking at with us here. Well, we need a Surak, <laughs> I guess. Yeah! In the confines of a Romulan interrogation cell, Valdor sits, sleep-deprived and beaten. The door to the cell opens and Valdor is suddenly freed. Marissa waits for him outside the center and greets him as he steps outside. As they walk back to his home, Valdor questions why Praetor Hital left him there for weeks. Marissa explains that Hital was under intense pressure from the various political parties to snuff out the anti-military sentiment growing in the Senate. He used me as an example, Valdor mutters. Mm-hmm. He had no choice. She explains that he's been expelled from the Senate. Now any smaller measures or steps Hital takes towards disarmament will seem acceptable by comparison to Valdor's raving. Mm-hmm. Valdor's disgusted. His career is over. And says he's going home to his parents' house to think of his next steps. I'm going to go live in the basement! Taking my ball and going home. <laughs> Uncomfortably, Marissa Jarak explains that the Tal Shiar has seized his family's lands and property, and his parents have been imprisoned as agitators. Oh boy, this is good. Living there rules. It seems like a bad place to live, actually. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. Valdor leaves her in disgust and goes to the Senate offices. He demands to speak to Senator Gracchus. Great name. Yeah, I think it's from, uh, uh, fuck, uh, the movie with Russell Crowe. Gladiator. Gracchusator? <laughs> senator Gracchus is from Gladiator. I, he might have been a real Roman senator. Mm, well, that makes sense. He demands to speak to Senator Gracchus, long rumored to be linked to the secret organization of spies that operate as a Romulan secret police. Rushed into Gracchus's office, Valdor begs to know what he can do to free his parents. Gracchus pushes an enlistment contract in front of Valdor. He signs it, his first step on his new military career. That's how they get you. Damn. Plus, he can go to Romulan College for free. It's a good thing Valdor wasn't in a high school cafeteria, because this would have happened way earlier. (laughs) Sirach stands in front of Archer T'Pol and Shrian. Now you know. The insurrection has left Vulcan after the Vulcan hierarchy almost destroyed our planet. I used the opportunity to unite what was left of our people. But half of them left, feeling rightly betrayed. Those who marched under the raptor's wing. Mm-hmm. The Romulans, Archer seethes. Shran turns to T'Pol. Did you know about this? T'Pol admits mm-hmm. members of the High Command are given access to details, but the full story isn't widely known. Outsiders are forbidden to know Vulcan's history. It's secret history. She suspected, but was ashamed. Until now, Sirach admits. Now the secret's out. He encourages them to touch the book, and they are transported back to the temple in the modern day. The priest now stands alongside T'Pol. We have decided Vulcans will no longer build our society on a foundation of lies. Vulcans will know the truth and accept it. But you three, our most trusted allies, will decide how the story will be revealed to the rest of the Coalition. Man, this is great. <laughs> T- I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> T'Pol thinks honesty is best. Archer isn't sure. 
He thinks mm-hmm. that a planet's history is their own and that they aren't obliged to reveal those details. T'Pau also has concerns. The truth could cause the fractioning of their new union. Annoyed by this discussion, Shran picks up the book and throws it into a fire burning on one side of the temple. Whoa, buddy! <laughs> we have a common enemy. Past be damned. All They've right, tried to kill us, separate us, but now is the time to stay together. The Vulcans made mistakes. That just makes them better allies. I never trusted people that don't make mistakes. Okay, Shran, you're my favorite again. It's agreed. <laughs> The Vulcans will reveal their history internally and will pick the right time further down the line to tell their allies. Trip arrives with Saval and he hugs T'Pol and tells her that he loves her, much to her surprise. And I you, she whispers. <laughs> In the present, Marissa Jarak enters her home after a long day at the Senate. She climbs the steps and enters her sleeping son Riv- Rivas's room. Sitting on the bed and looking at his sleeping face... She strokes his head and whispers that he reminds her of his father. Oh my god! The end. Ugh. The Purge. Good title, eh? Subtext, yeah. people. That's what Star Tech needs right now. Subtext! Subtext! <laughs> alright, alright. I've taken up enough of your time, I guess. War looking ever closer. Alliances looking ever more precarious. History being written. Next time, a Travis episode. What an anticlimax. But it'll be good, I promise. Is he going to date... I bet his girlfriend's going to be in it. Oh, his traitorous girlfriend? His secret agent girlfriend, yeah. Your friend, Rich. Rich. Uh, Damn. Honestly, this might be my favorite of everything you've written so far, which I'm not like Josh. I don't just say that every time. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. Rich, you ruined my day because nothing's going to be better than that. That was so fucking incredible, man. Like, that speech yep. that Soval gave Trip was beautiful. That was fucking beautiful. This is a masterpiece. It's a master's piece. It's a master's piece. This is um, maybe one of the best episodes of Star Trek ever written. Yeah. It might be, the fact it that might it's not a best. real Star Trek episode is a crime. It's real to me, damn it. <laughs> it's real to me, damn it. <laughs> God, I'm just going to be thinking about that Saval speech all goddamn day. I, um... Valdor's fall from grace, man. It's so good. It's so good. God, it's so fucking good, dude. I wish CBS wouldn't sue you so that you could just sell these. Dude, send it to them. Dude, I'm scared. I don't know, man. You gotta write for Star Trek. Like, yeah, this is my new goal to, now. There has to be, like, we need to start, like, a hashtag campaign. Like, hashtag yeah. Rich Masters writes Star Trek. And it's not just selfish because people would listen to the show. No, no. <laughs> I didn't even fucking think of that. So, <laughs> I don't give a damn about the whether people listen to this or not. I'll still yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, right? Hell yeah. It's, uh,. Hashtag Rich Masters Rights for Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Get it going. Get at Star Trek.com, at Star Trek.net, at Star Trek.org. At Star Trek At Star Trek.geocities.com. <laughs> Slash Angel Fire. <laughs> hit them all up, man. Go knock on doors. Hit them up. Hit them up, hit them up. Knock him down. It's, oh, all right. I'm I'm fucking 
uh, I'm not gonna be able. I'm in like a, a, a information coma. You know when you watch something or hear or read something like so good, it, and you're just like, okay, I, I have to take a nap now. Yeah, your brain just shuts <laughs> down. Like yeah. I've just experienced yeah. something really great. Like I don't need to experience anything for a while. Uh, yeah, I have like endorphins in my brain right now, and I don't know what to do. That was incredible. I feel so unbelievably sorry. One time somebody said when they were being mean to Rich that they always skip his part of the email episodes and I Foolish. couldn't imagine a dumber thing to do. You're only hurting yourself. I hate yeah. Rich Masters so much I cut my own dick off. <laughs> That'll show him. Yeah, fuck you, Rich. No, Rich Masters, as always, his his tales are too good for this fucking show. Yeah, we don't deserve it. And I'm endlessly appreciative that he still sends them in to us, because my god. I can't even wait for this fucking Mayweather fucking I can't suck this dude's dick any harder. I would cut my dick off, but (laughs) suck his dick off. Like, his, his dick is touching... The my b-hole. I'm sucking it so hard. It's coming out of your butthole from the opposite side. Because it's so good. Man, Rich has a huge dick. Well, we all knew that. Yeah, I did do it, yeah. <laughs> Thank you again, Rich. Thank you everybody who wrote in today. As always, we Great appreciate emails. every email we get from you. Yeah! And if you'd like to be a part of the show, you can send your emails in to mclassemail at gmail.com. Everything's singular. Everything's simple. Everything clean. (laughs) And you can follow us on Twitter, at mclasspodcast. Do that. Um... Also, I think really if you want to keep this show going, you want to make certain that it's still going out to you, you should definitely head over to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast where for as little as $1 a month you get access to a bunch of shit I'm not going into. But it's good, and you can see what you get by going to the site, so you lose nothing by checking it out. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff's like way better than this show is. <laughs> Sad but true. <laughs> That's not true though, because Rich Master stuff. Right, is Rich elevates this show it's to, to. It's so bad that this show is like decent. <laughs> but that's I, how I've good said this Rich before, is. but like, Rich Masters is his thing is like having masterpiece theater happen toward in the last twenty minutes of Mad TV. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, but I love it. I'm here for it. Thank you, everybody, for writing in. Thank you so much. We'll be back in one week with more M-Class goodness. Bye-bye. Bye. It's been a long week since the last email. It's been a long time since that last rich master's tale. Pitch it or ditches from Boston John. I need to catch my fix Of Jeff's table reads in a silly voice And Josh talking about dicks On M-Class email I swear there's never an in M-Class email It's always been singular that's M-Class Email. Don't you settle for nothing less than it's back without fail.